Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. Pretty Little Death Worlders, Big Nines, written by Grifted Earth. 099-824 or as the comrades in arms called him, Big Nines. He was a fairly average example of the large ship technician. He was huge, fairly intelligent, and utterly committed to his people and their cause. His fur was dark brown with black splotches, and there was a slight crick in his tail from that time the server bank had fallen on it. Big Nines didn't like talking about that. Most people would assume that he got a crooked tail from his war training. But no, it was a server bank. It wasn't exactly embarrassing, but it was annoying to explain all the time. Big Nines was aboard the vessel that was formerly named 12-4, 12-pack 4th ship, but which was usually referred to as insert name here, for reasons that had been lost to time. Insert name here was a smaller destroyer, perfectly equipped for ship-to-ship combat, or it was until the engine had vanished. Vanished, Pack Commander Cal 034-220 looked about as happy as Big Nines had expected her to. What do you mean, vanished? Don't know what the hell to tell you, Pack Commander. The engine core is just gone. Big Nines shrugged. I can think of a couple ways that could happen, but honestly, I think we're just very unlucky. Pack Commander Cal growled in frustration, slamming her forepaw on the arm of a chair. Two of her eyes remained fixed on the comm screen and connected to her to Big Nines, while the other two glanced at the data screen from data screen, taking in the situation. She sighed and slumped. I'm guessing you can't fix it, Big Nines? Um, no. I can't fix an engine vanishing into thin air. Figured I'd ask, another sigh, how much power do we have? Big Nines checked, his ears flattened nervously. Not a whole lot. I'd say we have enough life support for eight full turns, if we don't turn the weapons back on, and we flat out don't have enough to try and go anywhere without help. Carl digested this information. Big Nines, it has been an honor to be your pack commander. It has been an honor to serve under you likewise. No more really needed to be said. They were defenseless and immobilized in the middle of a giant space battle, surrounded by enemies who unquestionably wanted them dead. Big Nines turned the comm screen off and pulled his blaster out. The Stellar League would probably just shoot insert name here out of the stars. But if they boarded for some reason, Big Nines wanted to take at least one of them out with him. It was eerie, being on a ship that had only auxiliary power running. The lights were dim, the usual background hum of the dark engine was gone. Everything was still safe for Big Nines. He ducked low and crept carefully along the service hallway. The main servers for the ship's systems weren't too far from the engine maintenance hub. If the ship was boarded, that would be the one, the main targets. The minutes after the conversation had ended, there was a heavy tunk from somewhere off in the distance. The lights went out completely. Big Nines blinked a few times as his eyes adjusted to infrared. The bright, hidden stripes of infrared guidelines on the floor suddenly came into view, lighting his way. Dot dash dot pattern. Yes, that led to the servers. He hurried. Why are the lights off? Big Nines mused to himself. Or did they actually board? 
He suddenly wished he'd read more of the documentation on what their mysterious enemies were actually like. To assure him he was a technician, he shouldn't be in the front lines. His job was to tell idiotic logistics grunts how to reset an inventory software for the 13th time for that 50 turn, not shoot alien interlopers. What the hell was going on to give him such an inevitable honorable death? Big Nines reached the server room and slipped in. The vast central server stood in the middle of the room, humming gently. Thick cables ran from it into the walls, connecting it to auxiliary servers. Big Nine padded over to the monitor for the server and ran some basic diagnostics. Okay, so about half of the orc servers were out, and the other half were still running on minimal power. That sucked, but uh, it wasn't surprising. He checked the cameras. The breach was on the other side of the ship, with ways, and was a few decks up. Strange-looking Xenos were fighting their way through Big Nice's packmates, and the onboard AI helpfully identified them as Vactar and Zephardi, the big rat-faces brutes and the weird sixth-armed bugs. At least their center masses were obvious. One of the fallen was 098-827, or Little Eights. Little Eights had been born from the same batch as Big Nines, just moments apart, hence their nicknames. Big Nines felt a knot tighten in his stomach when he saw her limp body. She looked peaceful, lying there, like she was taking a nap, except that she wasn't breathing. When Big Nines looked at her, he could almost pretend that he saw her chest rise and fall. Wait. Computer, he said quietly, show vital recording of technician 098-827. Her vitals popped up on screen. She was breathing, but that didn't make any... The door to the server room burst open and a group of Savardi creatures piled in, guns pointed right at Big Nines. Step away from the monitor, he ordered them in a stern voice, or we'll shoot. Big Nines snarled. For the last. He raised his blaster to fire and fumbled the trigger. The Savardi fired the blast of energy. It struck him in the chest, and he knew no more. Big Nines did not expect to wake up. Everything was blurry. He blinked a few times, trying to adjust to the brightness of the room. He was lying on a soft surface, a bed, maybe, and clad in some sort of flimsy gown that offered absolutely zero armor value. His chest ached, and there was a tingling numbness in the ends of his limbs. He wiggled his fingers and toes a few times, willing them to wake up. Where the hell was he? He sat up slowly, trying to look around. This made him notice the cord that was anchored into the back of his forepaw. The canula of some kind. His snout wrinkled in annoyance. It seemed alien, and that was worrying. Big Nines? Directly across the room from him in another bed, it was 098827, also known as Lucky Ears. Lucky Ears had very few bandages on him, but was a lot more alert than Big Nines felt. Lucky? Big Nines winced as he pounded head and protested against his speech. What happened? Weren't we boarded? That we were. Pack Commander Cal. Big Nines looked around, shocked. His view of the Pack Commander was blocked by the curtains and flanked his head. Relax, Nines, Lucky Ears said. Well, don't let your guard down, but don't panic either. We did get boarded, but for some weird reason, they didn't kill any of us, just disabled us. Big Nines whimpered in confusion. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Little Eights, she was okay. Relief flooded Big Nines' body. We all woke up here, same as you. It's a medical bay run by the Stellar League. Don't try to remove that canula yourself. 
By the way, never been yelled at by a blob before. As if on cue, the door opened somewhere and something tip-tapped its way across the tiles of the bay. Big Nine tensed up and stood lucky ears across from him. A large, strange creature on six legs came around the corner. A cloth wrapped around its midsection seemed to indicate a rank or and or roll. It regarded Big Nine's and his three bulging eyes. You are awake then? I looked him up and down. I am Dr. Glarp, senior medical officer of this wing. How are you feeling? Big Nines responded with a growl. Dr. Glarp made a peculiar bubbling sound. Well, if you're well enough to be hostile, I'll take that as an improvement. It bubbled again, albeit in a different way. Allow me to explain the situation to you briefly. You are currently a prisoner of the Stellar League. Due to the way in which you were captured, you are currently under medical observation. You and your comrades are being transported to a secure facility. Please do not try and attack any of the medical staff. We mean you no harm. Bullcrap, Big Nines growled again, back burr rising. Then he saw something weird. Lucky Ears was making a stop gesture with his forepaws. At ease, technician, Cal said. I mean it, don't provoke them. Dr. Glob bubbled once more and had examined the various data screens around Big Nines. It seemed to be satisfied with what it read and then tapped off once more. When it was gone, Big Nines gave a Lucky Ears a look of disbelief. The frick! Am I supposed to believe that it's not trying to hurt me? That's how everyone reacted, Nines. Lucky Ears said, snout wrinkling. Nobody trusts these things, believe me, but we're powerless right now. You didn't see it, but I did. There are guards outside with some big old guns, and we've got no armor. Big Nine settled back down into his bed with a huff of disapproval. It was hard to tell exactly how much time had passed after that. There was a timekeeping device nearby, sure but they used the Stellar League standardized time, and there was no way to tell how that related to the Lost's time system. Big Nines felt a rush of passing in and out of dark space many times. Surprisingly enough, Dr. Glarp and his packmates were serious about not meaning their prisoners any harm. There was food and refreshments and periodic checkups. About after a quarter turn of pain, Big Nines had given in and asked for some kind of painkiller, which was duly dispensed. There wasn't much of it, presumably to avoid accidental overdose, but it took the edge off and let Big Nines get some sleep. There were some small comforts. Fitting two-par clothes and shoes were provided to the prisoners, marking an improvement over the medical gowns. They were even offered some alien music and television to pass the time, though this was repeatedly rejected on principle. Eventually, the ship began its final descent into its destination. The ships of gravity were noticeable, as there was a rush of activity outside the medical bay. Do we try and make a break for it? The lates asked as they descended. Cal thought it over. Negative, she said at last. There might be a better opportunity coming up. We still are unarmed and clueless. I don't want to lose anyone I don't have to. The ship landed smoothly. Soon, a group of guards entered the bay and instructed their prisoners to follow them out of the ship. Reddish sunlight filled their eyes as they stepped out into the fresh air. Big Nines' jaws dropped. They were a spaceport of some kind, armor and militarized and absolutely beautiful. It was covered in what Big Nines assumed to be stealth plating, which scattered in the light and sent every color that Big Nines could see scattering across the open-air hangar. The ground was made of large stone blocks, seamlessly pressed together, and then carved with an oddly mesmerizing decorations. He glanced up. The red sun and the pale sky seemed to be utterly motionless, though it was truly moving at millions of times a turn while around the center of the galaxy. 
Big Lions had to pull his eyes away from it before it hurt him. He'd never imagined that on the surface of a planet, he wouldn't notice the star moving in real time. It made sense, but, um, but, um, the realization that this was the first time the last had set poor on a planet in centuries slammed into him like an asteroid hitting an unfortunate space station. It nearly knocked him over. The others had him matching expressions, a shock of awe. Inside the spaceport building, things were sleek. Smooth tiles graced their poles, whilst dark white walls kept them enclosed. The lights were a little bright in the last standards, but they were bearable. There was a water feature in the lobby that passed through, which baffled Big Nines. Seriously, what was the point of that? Posters and flags and information boards dotted the walls, catching Big Nines' eyes every time he walked near one. But the thing that really stunned Big Nines were the aliens. This Delta League was an oddity, a collection of alien species that had managed to hold off their backstabbing enough to cooperate. Big Nines had expected that the different species would stay separate, only communicating directly when necessary. Not so. Mixed species groups were everywhere, working together, patrolling together, and even talking. Why? The prisoner's journey ended up in a building that was a little bit outside of the main spaceport. It was a dome-like and heavily guarded. Inside, they were divided into groups, recorded by name and or serial number, and assigned to rooms by their group. The rooms weren't bad, honestly. A bit cramped, but uh, comfortable enough. Their most interesting features was the large data screen on the one wall, with words on it and alien script. When the door closed behind Big Nines and his group, a voice spoke up from the screens. Hello, I am the Habitation AI. I am speaking to you through the linguistics analysis carried out on board the previous interactions. A pause. You are currently prisoners of the Stellar League. You will remain here until further notice. Three meals, a long cycle, will be provided, as will medical attention and access to recreational outdoor areas. You are not in danger while here. However, please be aware that the staff is very able to defend themselves. The words made so little sense that they may as well have not been translated at all. The frick? Little Eights asked as a few moments. I mean, what? I thought we were going to get interrogated or tortured as... or something. Not that I'm complaining. Big Nines' head hurt. He sat down on one of the provided beds, lucky ears paced around the room, examining every nook and cranny. An uncomfortable silence filled the room as he did so. Why is it so pretty? Big Nines asked at last. What's the point? There was a sharp rapping on the door. Lucky ears opened it. Pack Commander Carl wants everyone to meet in the main area. Now, Pack Commander Cal didn't have a damn clue what was going on, neither did anyone else, judging by the confused ramblings that they were practically deafening everyone in the room. Still, she had the duty to keep an order in her pack, and to that end she roared over the crowd until they obediently shut up. Thank you, she said. So, I've been thinking over our situation. This is all pretty strange, but I've come up with a plan. Part of being a pack commander was knowing how to reassure your pack mates, even if you didn't have a plan, bluff and say that you did. It make you look confident, and it was important. What we do now depends on the future, she continued. Possibly one of those leagues are telling our truth and are going to look after us until, well, until they all die, I guess. If the craft finds us, we'll be rescued before the planet is burnt for sure. If they don't, she trailed off and everyone understood. 
In that case, staying put is the best plan for now, but I think that we can all agree that the League are up to something here. Possibly too, is that it's all a facade and they are planning to do something terrible to us that we need to be alive for. In that case, we need to get out of here as soon as possible. We could steal a ship, suggested Magic Scars from the logistics department. They can't be that different from ours. Maybe, but that's fraught with risk, Cal replied. I don't want to lose anyone I don't have to. Our ideal course of action is to contact the craft and let them know where we are. The members of the communications team looked thoughtful but skeptical. Comms officer Itu looked especially unsure of the viability of the plan. Cal shrugged at them. I know it's also risky, but they are going to get more annoyed about uh, us stealing a radio or us stealing a ship. For now, just keep your heads down while we figure out how to go about getting out of here. If you find anything, tell me or EU as soon as you can, but try not to let anyone over here. She nodded her head and once with many cameras keeping watch over them. Big Nines looked straight at it. He wondered how it worked, how advanced it was, how clear it was, how bad the punishment for trying to dismantle it would be. Time passed. The League kept their word. Food was provided as promised. It didn't even taste that bad. Some adjustments were made to it as the League found out more about Last's nutritional requirements. But overall, it was pretty satisfying. The water provided along with it was tasteless, as if it was drugged. The drugs weren't working. Gull insisted that everyone try to keep on their training. The outdoor area provided wasn't the biggest, but it suited their needs. The Big Nines didn't think that he'd trained this much since before the final weeks of the prep. It was grueling, but wasn't much else to do, since like Hal, he was going to go engage in when he offered alien media. It's all going to be propaganda, said one member of the comms team over dinner one night. Trust me, they'll lie to us and manipulate us into working for them. That absolutely nobody surprised their captors occasionally attempted to interrogate them. Cal was quite proud of her pack for never letting these attempts succeed. This is also not surprising to anyone, including the interrogators. What was surprising were the methods used. There was no torture, not for any practical reason, nor for the fun of hurting the aliens. It wasn't a pleasant experience, sure, but nobody came out of it with new scars. The escape plans continued, a radio was requested and given, but the comms team soon learned that it was a one-way and sealed it up tight. They could at least hear some war news. This was the first time that any of the last had heard the term Blossom's Apex. It was universally declared to be a very strange name for a planet. What does Blossom even look like? Little Aids had asked during the discussion. I know it's a planet thing, but I don't know much about planets. Big Nines took to listening to the radio. It wasn't entirely news reports. Sometimes music was played. Sometimes the hosts would just rumble on about things that Big News neither understood nor cared about. One night, while listening, he wondered who they were. What did they look like? Did they have packs of their own? He tried to tell himself it didn't matter, that they would be dead soon anyway. It didn't help. He'd given up his radio ship to someone else, but it meant that he also had to do less training. So, he kept listening. And so, no ideas. None at all. Everyone looked at the ground, disappointed in themselves. Carl pulled back her top lips and growled lightly, before catching herself. No, that wasn't fair. Her own escape attempts weren't going well either. It had been many, many turns. The radio had failed, and the televisions hadn't been on much either. Stealing the comms unit from the guards had been suggested and shut down as far too dangerous. 
trying to hijack the spaceport itself would have been completely suicidal. To make matters worse, the news report seemed to indicate that the craft's path was taking it the wrong way. Carl looked down at the League star map she acquired. She couldn't read the text, but she'd practically memorized the local star map in preparation for this offensive, so she was just about to understand this map. She couldn't be entirely sure which system they were in, but she'd narrowed it down to a couple of options based on dark space jumps and local night sky. She sighed. Okay, keep trying, don't lose hope. Big Nines, anything interesting on the news tonight? Big Nine stood up and responded. Negative, Pack Commander, except that they're still having trouble with supply lines and arranging emergency shelters for the evacuees. Evacuees? The term made Cal's stomach turn and she couldn't figure out why. Understood. Keep listening. Big Nines didn't sit down. Big Nines, is there an issue? Well, Big Nines said, scratching the back of his neck awkwardly. Just that bit about the evacuees. Apparently, all of the civilizations in the League are working together to shelter the evacuees, regardless of origin. Confused whispers and murmurs shot through the gathering. Cal's ears flattened. That is strange, but I'm not sure how relevant it is. Big Nines hesitated before continuing. I know, but it's making me think about our situation right now. We've been assuming all this time that the League is planning to do something horrible to us, with good reason, but uh, what if they aren't? Cal couldn't believe her ears. She also couldn't believe that not all of her packmates were joining her and shouting him down. It was ludicrous, ridiculous, impossible idea. But somehow, Big Nines was standing strong behind it, and he wasn't the only one. Hold on, hold on, hear me out. He had raised his voice to be heard over the clamor. We're fed, we're hydrated, and we're warm. We have medical care, and they're trying to entertain us. We're not being harmed. They could have killed us and insert name here. They could have tortured information out of us. They could have had us publicly executed. But they haven't, and I'm starting to think that there's a reason why. The shouting quieted down a little at this point sunk in. Cal bit her lower lip. Blood bloomed from the injury. Big Nines' words echoed in her mind. Listen, I have a plan, he continued, not to get out exactly, but to get some information out of them. Try to understand them. I don't trust them, but also don't know if I can completely distrust them, you know. And that's really frustrating. Cal sighed. So what's the plan? The interrogator was a human, the first one that Big Nine had ever seen. It was a peachy tan in color and the brown mane, and wearing a dark uniform. So, the interrogator said, state your name for the record, please. I am Technician 099827 of Ship 1204, Big Nines replied. Right, I am Art Edwards, negotiator for the United Human Nations. It was speaking into a microphone that was sent into a table between them. Do you have a preferred way to be addressed? Just technician is fine, Big Nine shifted in his uncomfortable seat. Edward moved its head up and down and looked through some papers and notes before it. Technician, you've apparently volunteered to talk with us more openly, the first of your crew to do so. Is that correct? I'm not going to spill our secrets, Big Nine said carefully, but I am willing to make a trade of information. I want to ask you a question. If you answer it, I'll tell you something important about the last... Edward didn't speak for a moment. Big Nine strongly suspected that it was being talked by someone watching this whole scene from the control room somewhere. Edward moved its head again and looked at Big Nine straight in the eyes. What is your question? Big Nine took a deep breath. Why are we alive and unharmed? 
It was hard to read the alien's face, but Big Nine suspected that Edward was confused. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to ask you to elaborate before I answer. You undoubtedly kept us alive to get information, but your behavior makes no sense. You're going out of your way to look after us even when you have no obligation to do so. We are your enemies. We've killed billions of bleak citizens, and we've given you nothing. So why are you doing this? Edward considered the question. Because you're people, it said at last, and that means that you have rights. He leaned back in his chair. You have the right to life, for instance, food, water, shelter. Those are all rights, too. The only way we'd ever reach those rights is if we had no other choice. Say, if you were trying to kill us, and the only way we could stop you was to kill you as yourselves. Big Nine barked out a confused laugh. That's it. You're looking after us because you think you have to. That makes no sense. Edward raised an eyebrow. Big Nines couldn't quite work out what that meant to convey. So what should we do? If your positions were reversed, and I were your prisoner. The last don't take prisoners, a thought occurred to Big Nines, that'd also be considered a breach of the people's rights, wouldn't it? So why extend them to us? It's a principal thing. But we're not the same species. We're completely different. Why do we deserve rights in your eyes? That completely silenced Edwards for a good while. It processed Big Nines' question slowly, as if with the very idea were alien at the beast sitting across from it. Because you're a person, Edward said at last, that is enough. Now Eric Nines was silent. He scoured Edward's face for any hint of joking or insincerity. Reading an alien's face was nearly impossible, but the way the tone had translated had seemed both deadly serious and absolutely stunned. Big Nines reluctantly concluded that, at the very least, Edwards fully believed what he was saying. Edwards cleared his throat. I believe that there was something you wanted to tell us, technician. Right, there was no honor in reneging on this part of the deal. I want to tell you why we're doing this, Big Nines said. You're not just kidding you all for no reason, but based on your behavior. I don't think you know what the reason is. Not a clue. Big Nines took a deep breath and began... Once upon a time, there was a planet. Most systems of a planetary classification would refer to this planet as some kind of death world, a place where every species was dangerous and everyday life was fight for survival. On this world evolved the beings that would one day become the last. They developed tools, then civilizations, then science. Eventually, they reached the stars and learned to travel faster than light. They called themselves the Valiant. Early into their stellar explorations, they met another spacefaring species, which had only been in space for a short time. Their name of this race was no longer spoken. They were called the World Killers now. The Valiant and the World Killers rejoiced to meet each other. They began to cooperate in their efforts to map the galaxy. They traded, they built together, worked together, played together, and few even fell in love with each other. One day, the World Killers made a suggestion of a grand project to the Valiant, they had devised a plan to create the biggest, most developed spaceship in either world's history. It would be a mobile base for further explorations and a defensive platform if future alien encounters were not so pleasant. The Valiant agreed, and it sounded wonderful, and began to help the world killers build the ship. Once the ship, called simply the craft, was done, the world killers invited the Valiant to come and take a look. The craft was moved into orbit around Valiant's world. Dignitaries, officials, reporters, scientists, and thousands more were beamed up and came explore this wonder. And then the craft fired. 
Billions of people died in an instant, many more over the coming turns, until the world was a desolate husk. The valiant aboard the craft demanded answer. The world kindlers imprisoned them, and explained that they had long been suspicious that the valiant would betray them. The valiant were strong and dangerous, and if war had broken out, they would have badly hurt the world killers. Therefore, the world killers had decided to eliminate the problem. Those who remained were enslaved. They would be laborers and soldiers, modified to be servile. This did not come to pass. The valiant rose up in a fury and managed to slaughter the world killers aboard the craft. Then they piloted the world killer's homeworld and obliterated his kind. The Valiant had learnt their lesson. They declared that no alien race could be trusted again. For the Valiant to survive, they would have to be the last in the region of space, perhaps even the last in the galaxy. And so the last left the burning worlds behind and began to search. When alien life was found, the craft was used, and it would be used again and again, until the stars are silent and the last are finally safe. The interrogation room was cold and silent. Edward stared at Big Nines in open-mouthed shock. It struggled to form a response to the story. Well, it said, if that's the truth, then uh, then I have my deepest sympathies for your ancestors. That is quite a sad tale, though uh, I must ask, do your whole species know the story? Retorted from the moment we're born, Big Nines replied. Any of us could tell it to you from memory, just like I did. Edwards leaned back further in his chair, as if he was trying to sink into hard plastic. As this story often get told to those you're going to kill? They think you might be the first. We don't usually talk to aliens. There's no point. Edwards' eyes narrowed and leaned forward. So what's different about me? Why bother telling me if you're going to kill me anyway? Because... Nines considered the answer. Because you have honor. You said you'd take care of us, despite us being your prisoners. And you did. You kept your word, and I didn't think any alien would do that. Because you didn't think we'd think you were people. The corners of his mouth turned upwards, or because you didn't think we were people. Big Nines' spur stuck up a little, his ears twitching in confusion. What? You can't condone the murder of billions if you think those billions are people. You don't strike up a chat with a pest if you're about to exterminate. And yet, here you are, chatting with me. So, are we people or not? About a week prior, Big Nines would have seen this as some strange alien trickery and gone right for Edward's throat. After all, what alien could be trusted? But at that moment, Edward's logic made this disturbing amount of sense. Had that league's been goal all along to make the last waver in their beliefs? It really was propaganda. But it made sense. Too much sense. The Big Nines growled. This interrogation is over. I'm not saying anything else. Edwards didn't change his expression. Very well. Interview terminated. Guards, please escort technician back to the habitation area. It was too late, of course. The idea that everything he knew might be wrong festered in the pit of Big Nines' brains as he returned to the habitation area. For several turns, he refused to talk about how his interrogation had gone. Many of his packmates wondered if the League had finally broken out the torture devices. He kind of wished they had. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share.
And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.